Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I'm Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood, and we are here to discuss Georgia football recruiting as always. But, guys, no more busy of a day, I guess, unless you count a signing day than today with Georgia getting two commitments, one a flip in the class of 2023 in Roderick Robinson II, and then another in the class of 2024 with Sokovi White. Guys, uh, you know, like I said, been a busy day. What's your reaction to these two pickups for Georgia? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you got to start with the current class, right? And and um, Roderick Robinson is a guy – I mentioned this in my uh, visit preview on Friday that he's a guy – when Georgia gets these commits to other places on campus, good, good things tend to happen. It happened with Raylan Wilson – happened with um, Justin Rett, and you get Roderick Robinson, who is in Athens for the weekend. Blaine, you mentioned last night that he was still in town on Sunday. He was, I believe he said, having dinner with the coaches uh, about 6 o'clock last night, and less than 24 hours later, he flipped straight from UCLA to Georgia. So clearly um, a home run visit for a guy that Georgia's really been prioritizing for, I mean, the better part of probably two, three months now. Yeah, we, we Trent, before we get your you know thought on it, I, I wanted to share – we put out last night that, you know, I, I had a phone call with him <laughs> at around nine, nine o'clock, almost 10 o'clock last night. And I, I pressed him pretty hard. Like, Hey, is this uh I basically straight up asked him, is did they do enough to get it? He's like, well, we'll see. He goes, I do plan on coming back for a Tennessee uh, visit. And he gave me quotes as to if, if it were to be Georgia, why and what they did great. So kind of we kind of knew it was coming. Uh, didn't know it would exactly be today uh, that soon. Typically you get home, unpack the bags, stuff like that, Trent. But uh, he was ready to be a Georgia Bulldog, it appears. Yeah, I mean, committed to UCLA, you, you know, and, and that program's been winning this year. But uh, as far as the fan base and the atmosphere you're in, um, uh, the, the two schools don't compare at all. And, and, and being in that atmosphere this weekend and on a weekend that Georgia really showcased the running back and really had success running the ball this weekend. And, and I think that was a, a positive in this um, uh, showcasing Branson Robinson, showcasing the, fr uh, the freshman uh, having the opportunity to go out there and lead the team in rushing. And um, just, just an overall uh, atmosphere and, and, and everything involved. Now, we've always talked about, you know, Kirby Smart having these on-campus visits and, and how successful he's been when he's able to get players on campus. Uh, and, you know, with Roderick committing, Sokovi committing, and, and I don't think they're done after uh, that with, with the, the guys that were on campus this weekend. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it was uh... – it was a star-studded list. You know, you had the commits there. There was that picture that's kind of going around now with Pierce. It was uh, from from left to right, I think. I don't remember exactly the order, but I know they had C.J. Allen, Gabe Harris, Samuel and Pimba, uh, A.J. Harris, and Pierce Sperlin there. And it's kind of playing a game, okay, which one of these things is not like the other? That would be Samuel and Pimba right in the middle. Now, he is taking an official visit to Tennessee this weekend, Jed, uh, put, you put that out on Twitter not long ago, but certainly seems that Georgia is in a great spot right now with uh, Samuel and Pimba. We'll, we'll touch on that here real quick before we get to um, Sokovi White's commitment. Yeah, I mean, he's he's another one of these guys that we've – it's kind of been rehashed, but Chidera Uzo-Deribe getting this job has just taken Georgia's involvement in this to a whole nother level. And 
they have a really strong connection. Like you said, he's built a, he's got a great bond with AJ Harris who talks to him like on a daily basis. Gabe Harris down at IMG Academies in his ear. And the thing is, I mean, Bradenton's not like it's, it's not close. Like AJ Harris being in town, for example, I mean, central Phoenix city is probably three hours or so from Athens. Bradenton's a hoof, especially for an unofficial visit. So he's, made two trips to Athens already with an official one still to come for all you people out there that follow the visits. It, it seems like Georgia is trending in a major way. And that kind of matches what we've been hearing from, from sources and everything like that over the past few weeks. And that doesn't even count the visit that he took to Missouri uh, last weekend, yeah, which was uh, more than likely to see Georgia uh, uh, once more. And I know he was back home with the hurricane situation in Florida, but um, he did get another opportunity to see Georgia. So he's actually seen Georgia three times, I think this year. And, um, and, you know, he, he will be back uh, more than likely again. Yeah. He, he definitely a guy that seems to be trending Georgia's way. You know, if uh, Tennessee and all their, their own right has a ton of momentum, so they could have a chance to impress him this weekend. And of course, there's that big matchup. He's a guy that's been adamant, you know, that he's going to wait till December to make a decision anyway. So you don't want to get too far out over your skis, but it does seem like uh, a lot of momentum there. Um, but speaking of uh, a lot of momentum, um, I know we're going to get to Sakovi White's commitment here in just just a little bit. I did want to circle back real quick to Roderick Robinson uh, as a running back. Trent, when when you look at this guy, six foot one, two hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> speaking of a lot of momentum, when he gets going, uh, he's a he's a thumper, but he's also uh, got a little bit more wiggle and and a little bit more breakaway speed, top end speed than you would than you would think at that frame size. I mean, um, he's taller, but he almost reminds me of a of a CJ Anderson type runner in the NFL, a guy that that can punish you, but is gonna is gonna definitely have uh, have some moves on him as well. Yeah, a player at that size, you really, uh, you really look and see if if they have the burst that that uh, is really uh, required to play, especially at a school like Georgia. You know, that I think that's one thing that that Georgia's kind of missed, and we saw that with Branson Robinson the other day. And you know, Kenny McIntosh has got that um, that burst, but um, we saw that with Branson Robinson just just able to hit the hole, how fast you can hit the hole, and how fast you can get up in the open field. And I think there's been a lot. Uh, uh, a stutter stepping in Georgia's backfield this year instead of just really showing that burst. And, and you really see that on film with uh, Roderick. He, ha he has the burst. He has the size uh, at 230 pounds. He can he, – he will run over you or he can run past you. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy who has ran track in the past. I think he's uh, was a 400 guy um, uh, either last year or the year before. And um, I think he was clocked like a 52-second uh, 400. Um, so he, he's definitely got some speed. And uh, but at, at a guy that size, um, you know, he's going to be able to hammer the rock. He's going to be able, and and one thing that's really uh, that Georgia's really focused on this year at running back recruiting is catching the ball out of the backfield, and Roderick uh, can really do that as well. Yeah, he's only got a couple like a couple catches I think on the year for his team, but in seven on sevens and stuff, some of those. The opening, all the all these big competitions that he's been a part of. You see him running wheel routes down the sideline, Jed. So he's a he's a guy that is definitely uh, very athletic, and uh, and I'm, we'll have questions on on Roderick, so we can get uh, more to him in just a minute. Um, but guys, first before we get to Sokovi White, let's talk uh, quick about our sponsor here, Turner Wooden Smith Insurance, in cooperation with Auto Owners Insurance. Guys, when it comes to insurance, you want an established uh, established agency 
and somebody who has good policy providers like auto owners, insurance, life, home, car, business. They've got you taken care on all of it. So make sure to visit, and it's in the description of this video, twsinsurance.com or auto-owners.com to see what either one of those, uh, ag the agency and the provider are all about. Like I said, both have been in business for well over a hundred years now. So they definitely know what they're doing and can take care of your specific insurance needs and they help us out here on UGA sports rumors versus facts. So appreciate those guys. Um, and speaking of being helped out, Jed, the 2024 class continues to be bolstered on the, with nothing but skill guys over there on the offensive side. So Kobe White joins Nicar joins Landon Thomas, joins Tavani Mizell. Uh, it's a gifted group of skill players so far that Georgia's collecting, and, you know, it, it seems like a quarterback won't be too far off from joining them either. Right, yeah. So, Kobe White is a guy that has really impressed me. I've seen him kind of cross paths with him several times at seven-on-sevens, and he's been at rivals camps as well. He's a guy that, like, he – He's not the tallest in the world. I mean, he's definitely not six foot. He's probably closer to probably 5'10". But he he attacks the ball so well in the area. High points it. He's got great hands. Um, he plays both ways for Cass High School. So he's got a, a – I wouldn't necessarily say he's raw, but he, he can definitely – has room to grow as a receiver, as a route runner, as a blocker, I'm sure. But definitely a, a very impressive athlete. And a guy that Georgia got in on early. They started recruiting him earlier this year. They offered him over the summer after a seven-on-seven seven in Athens. And and training some messages with him today, that early belief from Georgia and Brian McClendon and those guys, that meant a lot. Georgia was his first – I can't remember what offers he had when Georgia offered, but Georgia was definitely the the first really big offer he got. So the that belief, the home state school, all that kind of stuff, um, has got them – it's now four um, – Rivals 250 skill players in that 2024 class already. And like you said, Blaine, they're in pursuit of some of these quarterbacks as well. Yeah, you know when uh, you get Will Muschamp, uh, you know, running across the field to come talk to you at a, at a camp type setting? Uh, you, you know, Muschamp, Muschamp, whenever he puts it into another gear now, you know, he's risking popping a hammy or something going over there. So when he's running over there to, to talk to a guy to uh, get him to uh, – you know, get get their information and stuff, then you know it's getting serious. But for real, Sikovi White is an electric player. He's someone in inside the the state of Georgia that Trent, that's always important to keep those playmakers at home. Uh we've got a question here uh from Rhett Womack. He's asking about Zion too. Um now that they have Nicar in state, Landon Thomas in state, uh the Sokovi White in state. Do you think it's realistic, Trent, that they could, you know, go after Zion Zion Reagans and really have an unbelievable inside the state of Georgia 2024 group? I mean, I think there's uh, definitely a, a chance there. Um, you know, Georgia has really focused on uh, keeping these guys at home, and uh, you know, we talked about keeping them playmakers at home, and uh, Sokovi is is definitely one of those guys. He was a five uh, a named to the first team uh, all-state wide receiver uh, last season. And, um, I mean, just electric. He's one of those guys that's just uh, very talented with the ball in his hands, uh, makes a lot of people miss. And he's really uh, improved his game as a just a complete wide receiver. He's, he's improved his route running and and, uh, and uh, ability to catch the ball over the middle. But, it, you know, he, he's very deadly with the ball in his hands. And I think you'll, you'll probably see 
Um, uh, you know, with Munkin in town and, and the way he likes to run his offense, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely see some uh, end arounds and stuff with, with him and they get the ball in his hands and let, let us use his playmaker ability in space. But, yeah, the, as far as locking down the state, I think, uh, you know, they're going to continue to try to work, uh, you know, that – that area and um and you know Georgia's been successful up to this point and I don't I don't see any reason why they couldn't continue continue the success in the state of Georgia. Yeah, I mean outside the uh, twilight zone that is Gwinnett County, everything's normal for for Georgia. You can't uh, Gwinnett County has really become you know just a nat national just stockpile for college coaches to come into and those kids grow up literally from nine ten years old. In that, uh, is it what is it, the GFL, the Gwinnett Football League, whatever it is over there, um, where they literally see these guys that are their older brothers, their their cousins, all this kind of stuff, getting recruited from people all over the country. So I think it's just a little bit different um, than than it is most places. But doesn't mean Georgia's going to stop trying to recruit them. Uh, there's a lot of there'll be a lot of prospects on the field with Buford and Mill Creek this this weekend coming up. Uh, that Georgia will be after in the classes of 2024, 2025, and beyond. Um, Jed, before we get to the vault question, speaking of that, a lot of visitors in town this week for Georgia uh, for that Auburn contest, really one of the, the bigger environments that Georgia has an opportunity to, to host this year. Um, I know you had reactions from a ton of guys on there. Who were maybe some uh, – everybody, you know, we've kind of touched on Mpemba being there. We've touched on, um, of course, Roger Robinson was there. A lot of the commits. Monroe Freeland was also there, another commit that was there trying to help court guys. But who are some of the younger guys that were there that maybe people need to take notice of that we put in some of our pieces, uh, you know, in reaction this weekend? Yeah, it was interesting this weekend because we were talking about this just um, – texting each other last week when they had four, I believe it was four 2025 quarterbacks in town yeah. this week. And there's Antoine Hill, who everyone knows out of um, Warner Robbins, nephew of Trey Hill. There was Stone Saunders, who I believe is from Pennsylvania, has a Georgia offer. TJ Wilcox was in town. And um, and Ryan Montgomery, of course, was I'm in town. Man. So that's – I don't believe Wilcox has a Georgia offer, but that's three guys, three highly touted quarterbacks, all with Georgia offers, all – you know, uh, three classes down the line, all in town on the same weekend. So they got to see Georgia's offense up close. And I'm talking to Stone Saunders a little bit. He said he feels like Georgia's offense is a good fit for him. It, it um, would be an easy transition from high school for him, he thinks. So um, definitely interesting to see that much quarterback talent in, in town at the same time, especially when you've got Jaden Davis in town as well, a guy that obviously his decision in 24 could affect – what these guys are kind of thinking at 25. Trent, I mean, uh, what, it, you know, having four 2025 quarterbacks all there on the same day, I think that, that, all, that sends a message to guys being like, listen, we're, we don't, we don't worry about playing this game. Like we want people to, to come in and see what Georgia's all about. And, and uh, they're going to, they're going to try to just treat everybody, uh, treat everybody the same and be open about where, where they stand with stuff. But I mean, that's a little bit different approach than some people tell you that some people like to spread those uh, younger quarterbacks out and not have them all there on the same day. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to this 24 class. They've been evaluating uh, the 24 class. They'll continue to evaluate the 25 class. I know mm-hmm. there's been, you know, a couple key names out there. Hill is, is the one that, that, that everybody knows, but um, 
you know, coming into this 24 class, there was, uh, you know, Julian saying that everybody was talking about now, um, you know, new names are kind of emerged there with Jaden Davis. So, um, you, you know, I, I, I like it, you know, Georgia's going to continue to evaluate these guys, but why not bring them in and, 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 you know, show them, you know, Georgia's only got two, really two big home games this season with, uh, Auburn this past weekend and Tennessee coming up first weekend of November. So um, bring them in, let them see what the atmosphere is all about. And uh, you know, the, the valuation and stuff will continue to take place. And, uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't expect one of those guys to jump on board right the second. So uh, bring them in and, and, you know, show them what Athens is all about. Yeah. Now that in the 2025 class, I agree with you. 2024. I mean, it could, it could get changed here in a hurry. Yeah. We know we all know that Ryan Puglisi. We did a exclusive, you know, video interview with him and his coach here on the on the channel. So make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications so you get stuff like that. But um, you know, he's coming in for the the Vanderbilt game this weekend, and re really the reason he had to come to this one is just because they play on a lot of Saturdays uh, up from where he's where he's from at Avon Farms up there in uh, Connecticut. So, you know, the schedule really didn't allow, but this was the game that he's coming to. This is the only visit he really has planned this fall. And uh, we know that Georgia's got tremendous interest in him. He's got trem tremendous interest in Georgia. So I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Iglesi ends up becoming part of the class sooner rather than, rather than later. I just don't know if Georgia can – Jed, I don't, know if, I, don't, I don't know if Georgia can afford to – you know, play the waiting game again with a guy like like a like a Jaden Davis or a Julian saying, you know, especially given what happened in twenty twenty three with with Arch Manning. Yeah, and and we've we talked about it while the Manning recruitment was unfolding. Trent, I remember you saying it specifically. Georgia's putting all their eggs in the Arch Manning basket, knowing if it misses on him, things are fine in the quarterback room. That's not not the case if you miss on one of these top tier guys in twenty four. Now whether it's Julian saying where, where things have kind of uh, cooled off a little bit with him, with Jaden Davis, Puglisi, someone, even somebody else that that could end up coming on the radar. Um, they've got to get their guy right sooner at some point. And when you talk about quarterbacks and they're the linchpins of a lot of these classes, now it's kind of getting to be that time for the 24 guys because now it gives them a full year to start recruiting some of these other guys to join them. So, yeah, with Puglisi – uh, coming in this weekend, that's definitely kind of the 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 big visitor to watch. I would say, especially for a game like Vanderbilt, where uh, it might be an opportunity to bring a lot of younger prospects in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they had they had uh, a lot of skill guys. We had a question on here as well, uh, both offensive and defensive skill. Like Sammy Sammy Brown was there. He had to had to leave at uh, halftime to go attend a wedding, and that's uh, that's a whole other thing when you talk about fall weddings and what kind of psychopaths uh put those out there that's that's, that's crazy but uh you know he had to, he had to go attend one of those um had some in-state uh tight ends receiver ethan ethan barber uh from from alpharetta was there i believe also a receiver from from alpharetta there was there was some several several prospects from collins hill i saw some from gainesville there so that you know georgia really utilized that environment to bring some of the more reputable high school programs and their prospects in Trent. Yeah. And, and that wedding that had to do with babies as well. You know, having babies <laughs> around national signing day, I don't know who's doing yes. that, but, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The, you know, Georgia took this opportunity. Uh, they had a big opportunity. They knew that uh, it's going to be a three thirty game having the, 
The fans are going to be in their seats early. Um, the stadium is going to be loud, and they use this as an opportunity to to kind of. Uh, it's all it's all about that. Um, if you talk to any of these prospects, they're going to say it's the best visit they've been on. Uh, it's all about that first impression, uh, kind of setting the standard of, of of what it's like or what it's like to be recruited. And when it comes down the line, that'll always be on their mind. That that visit to to Georgia for the Auburn game, um, that kind of sets the standard in their recruitment. So um, it, it was good to get all these guys on campus and um, you know move on and, and continue evaluating. But uh, it, it was a big step forward with with recruiting this twenty five and uh, beyond class. Yeah, one other guy that I wanted to uh, talk about, um, or actually two more guys. Jed, you put a note out on him on the board. Amari Jefferson, he's not an in-state guy, but he's from Baylor School, which is the school that Will Muschamp's son is the quarterback at out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, Amari Jefferson is a is an athlete, the class of 2024, that Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart both spent a lot of time with uh, after on this visit. Yeah, and it's interesting. I've been trading some messages with him uh, today and yesterday, and he said he spent a lot of time with Muschamp on this visit, like you just mentioned, Blaine. But it's interesting because he's got the relationship with Muschamp from um, Muschamp's son being at the Baylor School. But he said Georgia actually sees him as like an inside slot um, receiver type if he ends up in Athens. But they kind of outlined, okay, this is how we see you being used and, and all that kind of stuff while in Athens. Um, over this weekend. So, yeah, he's a guy that's – I believe he's a three-star on Rivals, I think, yeah. if I remember right. So, another one of these lower-rated guys but that the Georgia staff has gotten in on. And Will Muschamp has, of course, probably seen him up close in practice a handful of times being up at the Baylor School. And, um, yeah, definitely a name to keep an eye on in the 24th. Oh, and, and, by the way, he's committed to Tennessee to play baseball. So, mm-hmm. he's he's a good athlete. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see which direction he wants to go in. Is uh, All of his stuff on – on uh you know twitter right now and everything is all football don't know if that's an indication of just hey this is the sport i'm in or if, if he sees football maybe as being more of his future but certainly tennessee a terrific baseball program so uh, if he's able to commit to them uh at an early age then uh you know he's he's a heck of a baseball player as well overall talented guy uh another guy that wanted to talk about that just received an offer and then we're going to get to vault question. Caleb uh, Cunningham, 2025 wide receiver. He just uh, tweeted out not long ago that he received an offer uh, after a discussion with Dale McGee. Um, Jed, I know you talked to Caleb a little bit as well. Yeah, he's a guy from, uh, I believe it's Mississippi. He's the number, and I clearly I did not expect for him to get an offer because I don't have his profile put up in front of me, but he's like, I, I believe he's a top 20 guy in the 25 class in our first edition of the rivals 100 that's come out. Um, and something interesting that he mentioned when talking to him, I asked him what stands out about the Georgia offense. And he said, the receivers block for the running backs all the time. And I said, so blocking is not a positive. He's like, no, I love that. I love blocking. So obviously you, with what Georgia does and all, the guys that are recruiting everything, that's going to, Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin and Brian McClendon are going to love to hear that. So um, definitely a guy to watch. I believe he had offers from Ole Miss, Mississippi State. It's still obviously pretty early in his recruitment. So um, Georgia getting in early and, like you just mentioned, Trent, having that first impression with the visit this weekend. Um, he, he didn't get to spend a ton of time with the coaches because he had to – they got in late from Mississippi and then had to drive, drive back home because his mother had to work and his dad's a preacher. So obviously kids uh, raised in a pretty good family, but – 
um, definitely got to watch. And, and those relationships are going to um, continue being built by the coaching staff for sure. Absolutely. So that is why we tune in to Rumors versus Facts because uh, people can get offered and all that kind of stuff literally while we're on air. So each week, tune in. Like I said, we're approaching 30,000 subs on the channel. That's because you guys have been uh, so kind as to hit that subscribe button. If you don't already, please do turn on notifications. And now, uh, Jed, here's your here's your time cue for our uh, for our time steps. First question here we have from Andy Stowe, Jed. Yep, he says, "What are you hearing on flips to and from UGA big names?" Question mark. And to keep the wrestling theme alive, if you didn't see Bray Wyatt return this weekend. You need to check it out. Blaine, I'll let you handle the first part. Or the yeah, last well, part. The last part. With, yeah. As far as wrestling goes, I've, I didn't see Bray Wyatt uh, this week. I haven't watched Extreme Rules yet, Andy Stowe. But, hey, I appreciate you uh, turning me on to that so I can uh, tune in and see. I don't know if he came back as the Fiend or actually as Bray Wyatt, but uh, excited to see that. Uh, and then in terms of flips, guys, uh, we were talking, you know, in our chat last night, Trent, um, <laughs> There was a guy that Georgia was pursuing pretty heavily in uh, Anthony Evans, and he just so happened to be—he just so happens to be committed to Oklahoma, who has been absolutely just lamb blasted the last two weeks. You got to wonder if that has any uh, impact on his recruitment. And Oregon is coming after him. They just—they just offered him Dan Lanning and company coming knocking. So who knows if that that recruitment may open back up? Yeah, and it's one of the one of the flips that. We've talked about recently, along with Roderick, is uh, possible flips. Uh, who we think would be like the you know the highest chance of happening, and uh, we've included him uh, just for the simple fact that uh, Georgia never lost contact uh, even after he committed to Oklahoma. Um, you know they continued to build that relationship. Uh, McClendon continued uh, to to work there, and uh, and you know he he's. And, and then we say Oklahoma struggling. So the combination of things just makes me think that, uh, you know, something could happen. I know other schools are in it as well. Other schools are pursuing. You mentioned Oregon. I know they offered over the weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, there, there's a very good chance he flips. Now, will it be to Georgia? I think Georgia needs to get him back on campus at some point this fall. And uh, he has been to Athens. He is familiar with Athens. And that that is a um, – that's a good thing in this recruitment when he's committed elsewhere. But uh, I think if Georgia can get him back on campus and, and continue to work that relationship, they have a good opportunity to, for a flip there. So, Jed, uh, go ahead and tell us uh, when Arch Manning's going to flip um, so we can go ahead and get that out of the way. Uh, let's see. Today's the 10th. So, <laughs> uh, three uh, weeks from now. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, any, any other know. names? trying to think i don't i mean roderick robinson's been the one we've we've talked about every time this question gets asked and obviously that has happened now um trying to think off the top of my head i mean it, it really seems like most, i think offensive i think offensive line is an area that, that you could see but i think it could be multiple guys you know because yeah, look what happens Look what happens with, you know, Texas A&M. I know Texas A&M played Alabama tough, but listen, Alabama didn't have Bryce Young, and we all know that Alabama is not Alabama without Bryce Young. So here's the thing. Texas A&M still has a very tough slate left in this in this schedule. What happens if they go off and, and lose three or four more games here in the last six or so, something along those lines? Because I'll tell you, if it weren't for turnovers – Haynes King and that Texas A&M offense just does not look good. 
is there a chance that George is able to get back in things with a TJ Shanahan? Possibly. As I'm guarantee he's not a guy that, that they've stopped being in contact with. Um, Chase Besson you know, was well committed at Texas A&M, a guy that had George in his top five or something, visited Athens. That's another guy. And that's the thing, like, we've kind of reached the stage now where team performance and all that kind of stuff is really starting to play a role. Blaine, you just mentioned Oklahoma, Texas A&M, all these other schools, that's when you start to get this, these flip things really start maybe coming into focus over these next few weeks as seasons really start to shape up. Texas A&M, if they lose a couple more games – once November and early December comes around, then you you get these guys really start thinking, man, do I really want to – is is this the program I want to spend the next three or four years in? Yeah, I mean, also, uh, Trent, I, th- I don't think – I think we'd be remiss not to mention that I don't think Georgia has given up on either Justice Haynes or Caleb Downs. I don't, I don't think the likelihood of those guys – I wouldn't give it better than a – better than a – probably less than 50% chance of either either one of them flipping. But I know that even with Roderick Robinson uh, on board, uh, Georgia wants to, to bring in two running backs probably in this class in all likelihood. Um, and Justice Haynes is kind of the, the first one that you, you think of. Yeah, and Justice Haynes has been, uh, you know, kind of their number one guy since day one. Even when he committed to Alabama, uh, that pursuit never stopped. You know, I, I talked to him – uh, after his opening game this season, you know, he talked about his relationship with Del McGee and he he's, continues to talk to Del McGee a couple times a week. And um, so I, I don't I don't think the recruitment's necessarily going to stop there. I, I, you know, like you said, the likelihood of that happening uh, is, you know, not great. You know, Alabama's kind of started using their running backs. They kind of been forced into using their running backs with the injury of uh, Young and they've really been able to showcase uh, – you know, a few of those backs, um, particularly Gibbs, over the past couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I, I think Georgia's going to be continue to pursue there uh, all the way up until signing day. Um, but, you know, Georgia's going to take two backs and they'll continue uh, to, um, you know, evaluate the position as they did Roderick and, uh, and plan to take one more. Absolutely. Jed, we got our second question here. From OU Herschel Walker, with Georgia having three receiver commits in the 23 class, do you see any more movement there? And then in an actual street fight, who would have the best chance against Goldberg besides Roy D. Mercer? <laughs> yeah, I love the Roy D. Mercer reference. I used to love to, to listen to some of that stuff. Uh, Goldberg, I don't know, Trent, how, how good Goldberg would be in a street fight. I, th- I think he's more of a uh, – I don't know. Goldberg is uh, more of a, a just straight – Mauler, like right there. I think football was more of his his deal. I don't I don't know about all that, but in terms of the the Georgia having three wide receiver commits in this class, um, I don't know that. Obviously, uh, we we've all said for a long time that four would be the ideal number that Georgia would like to have. But Trent, I I think at this point they're very satisfied with the three that they that they do have on board and wouldn't be opposed to maybe going the transfer portal route to bring in another. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be some guys in the transfer portal. I do think they, they would like to have one in this class and, uh, but I think it'd have to be the right one. I don't think they're going to, you know, uh, you know, stoop down and take a last minute flip from a, a guy that, uh, you know, just to, just to fill the numbers, they'll, they'll look in the transfer portal uh, for, for one if they need to, but, 
Um, you know, guys like Anthony Harris and uh, the guys that we've mentioned, they would definitely they're definitely going to recruit till the end and uh, and see if they can get flips or or you know who might come available late before signing day. But uh, if they if they're not able to land one, you you'll see one maybe two receivers taken in the portal. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Anthony Evans definitely is is one that you got to keep an eye on, as we talked about with the with the flips. Also, on the flip front, you know, I don't think that it's going to happen. But you know, Lawson Lucky did take a trip to Alabama uh, this past weekend. He was there on hand for for that game. Um, if if let's say Lawson Lucky were to decide that he wanted to flip to the Crimson Tide, Georgia had. Deuce Robinson on campus, you know, not too long ago. And I don't think these two things are mutually exclusive. I think Deuce Robinson almost can be looked at as a type of a wide receiver almost. And and he would probably fit that mold. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Georgia is able to land him, especially if they're able to maybe get him back for that, that Tennessee game or something like that later in the year, which I know they'll, they'll probably push to do. Yeah, I think I think Deuce is uh, well. Of course, Deuce is a take, no matter what. But uh, I think there there's a you know Georgia sits in a in a good spot for him just coming off a game where he visited, uh, utilizing the tight ends, and uh, you know like you said he could play the receiver position, uh, and, and you know that's Georgia uses their uh, t- uh, especially Brock at the uh, wide receiver position a lot, and you know splitting them out. You know he does he does come down and he's a He's a good blocker as well, well, but you know Deuce is not like uh, any tight end that Georgia has. You know he's he's you know we talked about it. He's the size of uh, height wise as Darnell Washington, but he you know he moves like a receiver, and um, you know he, he would be a uh, definitely a guy that would uh, kind of be a hybrid guy that could split out and play with some wide receiver. And uh, Georgia's definitely in the mix there. I know he had another official visit this past weekend, uh, I believe. Um, I don't know where he. I don't know where he went but uh but george is definitely uh you know a name to watch because uh you know they made a big impact on his recruitment when he visited well he'd be a lot like a pierce Sperlin, jed and you know pierce Sperlin is the is that that same kind of mold more of a hybrid guy that really is an acrobatic type receiver out there out wide at times yeah and then oscar Delp kind of a little bit in that role as well and, and that's part of uh, the game now that's the tight end position and that's I think loss and lucky people are like why is Georgia taking this guy he's a three star he's a five uh, seven rivals rating or whatever because he's more of that traditional tight end right he's he's a, a blocker he's he will block uh, your face off like yeah. he, he is a mauler and, and and teams still need those guys especially Georgia with what they do in the run game and then what they're doing this year with the perimeter passing game how many times have, have we seen this year to, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington leading the way for Kenny McIntosh or somebody on these jet sweeps and quick screens and all that stuff on the outside. So um, you need both, but yeah, there's, it seems more and more of these guys that are the top rated guys. They're these hybrid types like Pierce and Delp and um, even Landon Thomas in 24. He moves extremely well for his size as well. Yeah. uh, Landon Landon Thomas, I didn't realize I did the, the uh, ball in the future today he's got five rushing touchdowns on here and four receiving touchdowns so they're using him like they're using brock bowers uh down there in uh Colquitt county jed we got our uh next question here from g dog 09 
Yeah, given that no receiver thus far has emerged as a true X with A.D. Mitchell out, I think it magnifies the importance to recruit that position well to open up more of the offense. Is Tyler Williams that guy? So when you say that guy, I mean, is he going to be used at X? That's what he has told us that Ryan McClendon has you know, told him his intentions are we, we want to – we want to use you at X. That's what Brian McClendon has been telling Tyler Williams the whole time. Now they can move him around. Uh, Trent, he's shown the ability to make people miss in the open field and quick game for, uh, for you know, Lakeland this year. But I do think with that, his bigger body type and his ability to, you know, high point the ball and stack guys with a, with his frame and things like that, that, that the X position uh, could be very well – in in good hands with Tyler Williams going forward, if he's able to to you know make that smooth transition from uh, high school to college, yeah, definitely. I, I you know, and I've I talked about it with with AD going out. You you really and, and you know with Arian Smith being hurt early in the season, him just now getting acclimated back to the offense. You you really didn't have no uh, you know anybody there mm-hmm. with any, I guess. Uh, playing time in, in the past. I mean, you had a little bit from Jackson Meeks. Um, then you have some freshmen playing. And, uh, you know, I know Tyler is a, a freshman coming in, but you really need a guy that can go up and that uh, you can count on. And, and Lad McConkey is really he, – he's a he's a very good receiver, but he's, he's uh, you know, kind of taking that uh, go-to receiver, and he's not really that guy – as, as a go-to receiver, he, he's really better, you know, teamed up with A.D. Mitchell. And it was similar the way Jermaine Burton was more effective when he had George Pickens out wide. Uh, they just make each other more effective, and they really haven't had a guy stand up. And uh, Tyler Williams could definitely be that guy on that side. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think I think he he brings uh, that size that, that McClendon is looking for. And it's, you got to have that. You got to have that balance. You got to have your your guys that are that are bigger, that more down the field type threats because of their body position, and then also the the guys that can do it because of the the speed as as well. All right, uh, Jed got another question here from KDSJ eighteen sixty nine. Yep, uh, nice year eighteen sixty nine. Everyone, give the percentage of the likelihood you think for each recruit to commit to Georgia: James Smith and Quay Russo, Jordan Hall, David Hobbs. Damon Wilson and Samuel M. Himba. All right, so we'll do this uh, rapid fire. Um, I'll say we'll use Smith and Rusaw as a package deal like he did because they they are adamant. I usually don't believe in package deals, but they're adamant that they're going the same place. So uh, just give me just give me a number. Uh, we don't have, we can go back and explain later. But Smith and Rusaw, what's your percentage? Twenty five. Yeah, I was I was thinking more 30, 25, 30. Yeah, I think I think it's uh I think there there's three or four teams still in the hunt for him. So I would say around you know high twenty, low thirty percent there. Uh Jordan Hall. Seventy percent. I'll go sixty just because when I spoke with him on the phone yesterday, he was very, very he had a lot of great things to say about Florida kind of unprompted. So Florida I think has made up a lot of ground there. Um I might have jumped the gun a little bit on the vault, saying Florida might have the team, might be the, might have an edge, but uh, that's my own fault. But yeah, I think Florida, it's it's a Georgia Florida battle, I think, and um, you know, Florida's made up a lot of ground. Georgia might still have a slight edge, um, but that's one where you're real. It's it's going to go all the way to signing day, especially depending on how his official visit um, to Athens shakes out. He's not sure if it's going to be for Tennessee or or in December, so that one's going to keep going for a while. 
Yeah, I think in somewhere in that that sixty five seventy percent range, which is a, a, a really really as high as you can get at this point, when uh, you know there's still some visits and stuff to to be taken out there. Uh, David Hobbs, Jed. I'll go. Oh, geez, I'll go forty, just because I think Tennessee is really in there. Ohio State, Alabama. There's there's still a lot of. Um, a lot of moving parts in that recruitment, I guess. He's coming to town for the Tennessee game for his officials, so we'll have a better gauge of things after then. Uh, but George is very much a player, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I would say and maybe even touch lower, just just in fact there's there's multiple teams. This is not like a, a two-team battle or, or whatever. This is, uh, you know, three or four teams still in the mix, so – um, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I think they that they're on par with a bunch of or most of the other teams that are in the mix, but uh, they, there's not really a favorite at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that 25 30 percent range is where I'd be at as well. Damon Wilson, uh, I'll, I'll start off with him. I'm gonna give Georgia a 51 percent chance because I think it's a uh, I think it's a real tight race between Georgia and Ohio State at this point. Talk to some some prospects who happen to be uh around uh around wilson and uh we're in conversation with him and stuff like that and uh and also some some sources close to the recruitment itself and it seems to be becoming quite clear that georgia and ohio state are kind of running neck and neck at this point uh what do you guys think about damon wilson yeah i'll uh, i'll go obviously you blaine and say 49 percent just uh <laughs> Just because, but yeah, it's it's it seems like it's a Georgia and Ohio State battle. Well, the one thing I'm curious about, I wonder, say Samuel and Pimba were to jump on board sooner rather than later, does that affect Wilson in in a good way or a negative way? Does he say, "Hey, I'm gonna go join this collection of elite talent," or does he say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I would be more of, um, you know, the guy at Ohio State as far as Ed recruiting goes." So, um, interesting situation to watch um, there. But yeah, it's it's. Um, it's another two-team race that seems like it's going to go down to the end. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I think with, with him being on campus with Mapimba this weekend, I think he got a good idea of where Mapimba stands in his recruitment. And, you know, what would and I think Georgia still stands a really good chance to land both of them, just with the fact that uh, both of their outside linebackers right now that, that you know, get all the playing time are seniors. Uh, nobody's really stood up and, and took charge of in, as far as the underclassmen is uh, kind of solidifying their role uh, as, you know, being that next guy to, to kind of take that surge. And uh, it could be a freshman to come in. And um, I think that that's what they're selling is, is you know, being that next talented, you know, uh, duo of speed rushers that, that, you know, maybe first round picks one day that Georgia had up on their board when they were coming through the, the dog walk yesterday that you were talking about Jet. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I would say, you know, 51, 52%, I think it's still, uh, you know, a dog fight. It's going to be a dog fight, you know, for the next couple of months, but, uh, I, you know, Georgia stands a uh, really good chance to win. Samuel and Pimba, I'm going to say 80%. I think Georgia's, uh, you know, it's theirs to lose at this point is what I believe. Yeah, I'm going to go 85. I'm going to go 86. <laughs> Who one-upped you there. There we go. There I we go. did $1. $1. All right, $9. Right. You got a what about Arch Manning? Yeah, zero. All right. percent <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, what Night Dog did uh, says any information on 
athlete Robert McNeil from Bowden, Georgia, he plays QB in high school, ran 441 at UGA camp this past summer. Uh, heard Bobo, uh, has heard from Bobo regarding recruiting. So this is someone who obviously knows Robert McNeil <laughs> because, uh, because that, that's a lot of detail there. Um, I've not heard uh, a ton about Robert McNeil at this point. Doesn't mean that we won't. Uh, Jed, what, do you, what, are you, what are you hearing on that front? Well, because we value the opinions of our loyal vault readers, I reached out to Robert McNeil a little while ago, and he said basically he's focused on, on the season right now and all that kind of stuff. I've still got to follow up with him. But he did visit Georgia for the Kent State game um, a couple of weeks ago uh, from, from looking around on Twitter. And he's a guy to monitor. He's one of these guys that I don't believe he has a Georgia offer. I could be wrong, but um, if this – Four four one time at a at a camp over the summer is is accurate. That's definitely something the staff would have taken note of. So he could be one of these guys that the staff is continuing to monitor. He's a twenty three guy, so clock's obviously kind of ticking there. But he could be one of these guys the staff continues to monitor and is getting more and more film of as the season goes on. And a, a late offer is is just as good as an offer that comes four years ago, right? If the staff decides to pull the trigger. Um, Mr. Rick Neal could be a guy. You know, we were just talking about would they add another receiver or not? They could ultimately decide, okay, we're, we would rather try to bring Robert McNeil aboard at receiver as opposed to adding an extra corner or whatever, you know. So um, definitely a name to keep an eye on. We will um, be following up with him. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's a name to know. Last question we got here, Speedy Dog. He says, is Ruben Owens a flip candidate? If not, who is the flip uh, RB guy that insiders keep referring to? Listen, I, I, I've, I've not been referring to any other flips uh, other than Justice Haynes at this point. But, listen, if Louisville – if Louisville uh, – if Satterfield gets fired uh, at Louisville, which is not not out of the realm of possibility at all, I think you could see a lot of movement in that Louisville class. Guys like – Madden Sanker, Ruben Owens, they've, they've, they're putting together a pretty good class. So Louisville's got to balance that out. Do they want, you know, they want a new coach or they want to try to keep a, a recruiting class in, in, in uh, intact. Trent, you know, what's your opinion on, you know, o Owens came to Georgia a lot, you know, spent a lot of time around the Georgia program. Things got pretty serious there. You, you think he's a flip candidate? I mean, I'm not going to mark him off because I at this point in the game, um, you know, the way Kirby and, and his staff recruits, uh, all these guys that they have prior relationships with that they still want and they're, they're still a take and they're, they're still recruiting. There's still relationships building there. And, and behind the scenes, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm not going to completely mark it off thing. I don't – I don't the, the likelihood of it happening uh, with the way things stand right now with, uh, you know, Louisville still having their coach, it, it, as long as that stays intact um, and, and the way things are going, I, I don't see it as a very good possibility that he flips, but uh, I'm never going to, you know, eliminate the chances of something happening down the uh, – getting closer to signing day. Good. Yeah, I mean, and especially, too, because when, when Ruben Owens committed to Louisville, there was obviously all the smoke about a huge NIL deal and all this other kind of stuff, and – I mean, if, if that's the the nature of things, that's obviously something Georgia hasn't shown um, a willingness necessarily to do is just throw throw these random or these huge NIL uh, bags at guys. So, like I said, Trent, you can't mark him off. I mean, you never know, um, especially Ruben Owens. It looked like he, he's had some different leaders at different points throughout his recruitment. But, um, 
yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's even likely or, or you know, he's, he's in, it's, it's, it's a situation to monitor, I guess, especially like you said, Blaine, if Satterfield gets fired, but um, here's what, here's what you need to monitor. Louisville's about to play Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, James Madison, who is ranked, by the way, after only five games at FBS, and they are good. I'm telling you, James Madison is a good program. Like so, I said, they got Pitt, Wake Forest, James Madison, Clemson, NC State, and Kentucky. I don't know if I see a sure win on that. Like they, they maybe, maybe you could say that they may have be a favorite on that James Madison game, but I don't know if that's certain or not. Uh, two, two losses in a row and a loss to James Madison might be the nail in the coffin. Might be the death nail. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be it, and then then all bets are off. So uh, just keeping keep an eye on the Louisville Cardinals. There, we mentioned heck, you know, Madden Sanker. We we mentioned you know if Georgia needed to take another offensive lineman and he became available again, there's a prior relationship there. So as we said, Kirby and and company they keep up with those guys. Um, but uh, Trent, Jed, anything before we uh, sign off here? Uh, uh, anything that we we got coming up on the on the website? People need to be looking out for anything like that. No, just um, we're we're still all in the process of of talking to these guys from the weekend. Trent, I know is is we're going to get in touch with Jordan Louie, another twenty three running back who was in town, and um, we'll have stories like that over over the next few days. And then yeah, we we do it all again next weekend with Vanderbilt. But Lucy's in town, Blaine, like you said um let's see so it's 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 going to be another um interesting weekend to see which guys are in town and if any um i'm, I'm curious to see what the visitor list ends up looking like because on the one hand it's an sec game on the other hand it's vanderbilt on the other other hand it's homecoming like there's a lot of kind of interesting factors playing into this as far as what the visitor list could be so um and it's another 330 game that allows recruits to be able to get there even if they have a game on friday night yeah so interested to see how the uh the visitor list stacks up this weekend yeah, I've still got to get that uh, story out on uh, Ryan Montgomery that I did uh, did with him. So you'll you'll be able to see that twenty twenty five quarterback. Listen, a lot of people like to say, "Oh, well, he's going to Ohio State." I'm telling you, uh, yes, his brother is is going to Ohio State. But I'm telling you, it Georgia is very much in this thing with with Ryan Montgomery, and uh, I'll have I'll have all those quotes there um, coming out coming out tomorrow with that. So uh, for Jed May and Trent Smallwood. I am Blaine Gilmer. Make sure, guys, that you support. Uh, if you're needing good insurance, you support Turner Wood and Smith, the insurance agency out of Gainesville, Georgia, and they have great policy providers like Auto Owner Insurance. They present rumors versus facts here. Their their links are in the description. TWSinsurance.com, Auto-Owners.com. Appreciate those guys and. We appreciate you for tuning in. Subscribe, turn on notifications, and we will catch you next Monday for another edition of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts.